What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. Dan Casper here with you for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Don't forget, available now on YouTube. If you don't have a podcasting app or you don't listen like on Apple or Spotify, you just rather have it playing in the background on your computer or something, hey, now on YouTube, okay? This episode of the pod, we're going to catch up with our good buddy Joe Grabowski, cabin coffee owner, but also former Badger offensive lineman, as we usually do every week. So we got another conversation uh, with him coming up. We continue, though, our uh, conversations, our talk, our consulting work, shall we say. Now that the Packers season is over with, taking a look at the running backs right now. You got Aaron Jones, big cap hit, but the way he finished off the season, how do you not bring him back, right? Right? Got A.J. Dillon, free agent, but he loves Wisconsin, loves playing for for the Packers, mayor of Door County. You bring him back, maybe on a one-year deal, and how high should we prioritize or should the Packers prioritize drafting a running back this year? So let's hit up hit up that stuff. We're, we're doing a little consulting work. If, if LaFleur or, or Goody reached out to us, okay? So let's get right at it. Running backs, RBs, some decisions to be made with this group this offseason. Couple of you already saying uh, G-Man, saying bring back the running backs and uh, bring back the mayor of Door County, A.J. Dillon. Uh, we've got uh, Mitch asking, would our success from the season make free agents like Derrick Henry consider Green Bay? Obviously wouldn't help with replacing Aaron Jones, but what a backfield that would be. Uh, Jeff, morning Dan, I realize Dillon is a fan favorite. Heck, I love the guy. That being said, something has changed in his playing. Uh, last couple of years, restructured Jones. Need to look into the draft for the running back for the future. Not sure where or who, but it seems like mid-round picks have treated the Packers well throughout the years. Living a dream. Jeff A. Aaron chiming in. Signed Jones to a team-friendly one- or two-year contract. Then draft a running back this spring. I want Jones to retire a Packer and forever be a Packer. Uh, but we have to focus on getting young at that position this offseason. So let's start off with... Aaron Jones. Rewind it to the beginning of the year. I thought this would be Aaron Jones' final year, looking at the contract hit. So just a just a quick reminder, 2024, Aaron Jones' cap hit for this year is $17.6 million. Okay, $17.6 million. The second highest cap hit. Four running backs in 2024. The only running back to have a higher cap hit is Alvin Kamara. Total cash, he's third highest. Base salary, third highest. So that's a big cap hit, right? That's a big cap hit. And when you look at the dead cap hit, if you moved on from from Aaron Jones, say you release him, you're talking a dead cap hit about $12.3 million, $12.4 million. So you're saving about $5 million if if you move on from him in total. Well, you can spread it out over a couple years, pre-June 1st, post-June 1st, that sort of stuff. So looking at that, looking at, you know, he's 29, just turned 29 in December. 
beginning of the year, I was like, okay, is this going to be the final year for, for Jones because of the cap hit? Free up a little bit more money. You add an age to it. This might be it, considering it looked like Green Bay was going, you know, the youth movement. All those youngsters on, on the offensive side. However, I've changed my thought on it. I've completely changed my thought on it based off the last few weeks. And and even like during the season when he was hurt, missing some time, it was like, yeah, maybe it kind of looks like this is going to be the final year. Stinks because he's one of my favorite players of all time. But what we saw at the end of the year with a healthy Aaron Jones, I think, in my opinion, if I was consulting, Goody and, and LaFleur, I'd be like, you bring back 33. Because we saw how much of a difference Aaron Jones makes within that offense, how important he is for that offense. You know, he said, he's. I feel like I'm entering the prime. And at that time, I was like, you know, okay, I get it. You know, ending, you're at the end of your contract, nearing it. Your age, kind of doing a little PR stuff out there, thinking, yeah, you know, hey, I'm still good. Got to keep me around, you know, still good. Uh, the way he played the last few weeks, maybe, maybe he wasn't wrong. Maybe he wasn't wrong. But given how young this offense is, inexperienced, and you know, you're going to have Christian and Romeo entering their third years, and these rookies are going to be in their second year, so they got a little bit more experience. But it was clearly evident this offense, it. Not only got better in a passing game, the running offense got better, but I think it all complemented each other, the passing and the running game. Being able to hit downfield throws helped out the running game, helped out Aaron Jones. Because at the beginning of the season, felt like Green Bay was playing a little bit shorter, not letting it rip, so you had a lot more defenders closer to the line of scrimmage, making it a little bit more difficult in the running game. The fact that you're able now that they showcased, hey, we can spread the ball down or spread the ball out, get it downfield. It opened it up a little bit more for the running attack. And the way Aaron Jones ran that ball these last few weeks and just what he means in terms of leadership. He is a guy that leads by example. The thing that will always stand out to me about, I mean, there's a lot of things that will stand out to me about Aaron Jones, but one of the things that really stands out to me about Aaron Jones is that leading by example, a veteran who over the last couple of years, mini camps, OTAs, the guys there, when veterans get dismissed, like they get a free pass, like, hey, vets, you don't got to go to practice today. Enjoy your extra day off. Aaron Jones is still there. He still shows up. This is the quintessential leader for for this team. And he still has a lot to offer, in my opinion. He surpassed my expectations. I know the numbers, and he missed some times in that. You know, beginning of the year, when you look at the total stuff, it's like, oh. But given what we saw when he was healthy, down the stretch here, I want the man back. And I wouldn't be opposed to maybe extending, adding a couple more years. So he's got... A $17.5 million cap hit this year. Maybe Green Bay tries to look at that and be like, okay, how can we lower that? You know, you're looking, and Jordan Love's probably going to get a new contract after May when they finally can, you know, relook at that. 
They'll probably open up more after moving on from David Bakhtiari, maybe Devondre Campbell. They're going to have a little bit more. So I guess if they wanted to go into the final year carrying that cap hit, they, they could figure it out. They could probably do that. But I would be okay with adding another year or two on there, maybe lowering that. Because right now he does have void years. Remember that whole void year thing that became a thing during during COVID? So he's got void years right now. If if his contract stays the same, 2025, 2026, 2027, he's going to have cap hits those years. And I know they can get funky. They can get creative with contracts and, and that sort of stuff. But if they say, hey, Jonesy, we want to give you another year, maybe another two, we'll lower this cap hit. We want you to stay in Green Bay. Want you to retire as a Packer. I don't know if that's going to be a motivating thing for for them. I would love it. I think a lot of fans will love it. Aaron Jones just plays for one team throughout his career. Odds of that happening probably not great, but I would be a okay if they gave him another year, two year extension, just to keep him around. He's still playing at a high level, and maybe to lower that cap hit a little bit. He means so much in other ways to this team too, outside of his play, but that leadership. Bring back 33 next year. Got to do it. And the respect that he already has from from those rookies, I mean, you probably all saw a couple weeks ago the clip on the sidelines during the Dallas game, Jaden Reed talking to him and saying, you know, just praising Aaron Jones, saying, you know, honor to block for him, honor to play with him, you know, you, you, you make, you know, all the positive stuff. He's got that impact on this team. Dude is just flipping awesome. And I might be a little biased because I've gotten to you know, interview him a few times and such, but what you hear on TV, what you hear about him is exactly what you see in person and when you talk to him. A.J. Dillon now. As a dad of a six-year-old kid whose favorite player in the world is A.J. Dillon, the dad side of me wants A.J. Dillon back. Because I don't want to have my six-year-old heartbroken that his favorite player on his favorite team is no longer there. I'll be honest with you. I've kind of started to, to prepare him for this possibility. I didn't haven't gone out and fully said, hey, AJ might not be back next year. But just kind of like, you know, you could still like a player if he's not on, on your favorite team. You know, just kind of, you know, putting that in his mind. But as a dad of a kid whose favorite player, he's got canvas pictures, he's got cards, he's got a jersey, G-Man uh, of, of A.J. Dillon. As a, as a dad, I want A.J. Dillon back for, for my kid. However, for, for a business decision, this one's, this one's tough because... AJ Dillon, when you look at the numbers and and you look at his his career, it's fair to say AJ Dillon maybe didn't live up or hasn't played up to the expectations that we thought we were going to get, you know, especially after his his second year in the league. You know, his second year in the league, 2021, 803 yards rushing. It's like, okay, setting the bar high. Let's go. 
The following year, 2022, he had 770 yards rushing. Practically the same amount of, of carries, but it just it, it felt a little off, right? I mean, his receiving numbers were down. Just felt like, eh, because after that second year, it's like expectations blew up for, for the third year. Solid numbers, but yeah. And then this year, 613 yards. And, you know, injured in that. I will say this about A.J. Dillon. I do feel like A.J. Dillon, when you look at some of his early numbers, he did not benefit from how the offense, from how the passing offense was playing. You know how we were talking about the passing offense, you know, the, their willingness to, to spread it all a little bit more, go down the field, be a little bit more aggressive, I think benefited a guy like Aaron Jones. It did not benefit a guy like A.J. Dillon because when A.J. Dillon was the lead guy and getting those carries, Green Bay's offense wasn't doing that. They weren't doing that at a consistent rate. So I feel like he didn't get the benefit of the doubt there. Now, his running style has definitely – something's been different about it. Ben Sermon's running backs coach has talked about it. You know, was he thinking about contract? Was he pressing too much, trying to get a contract, putting some more pressure on himself to go out there and play at a high level so he could stick around? You know, who knows at that point? Matt LaFleur has said that, um, you know, in his his, uh, his uh, season-ending press conference that he told A.J. Dillon he wants him back. That he really liked, you know, how well AJ Dillon was was running at the end of the season. I, for for me, I would be okay. And I, and I'm taking the dad part out of this, okay? I would be okay if AJ Dillon came back for for like a one year deal, kind of a prove it type of deal, and. Give it another go here for for some depth. Here's some numbers. This was this was from December. This was from Matt Schneidman when it comes to AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's rush success percentage by month in his career per True Media. September not great, thirty three percent. October thirty eight point eight percent. Meh. November thirty eight point three percent. December and January explodes, fifty three point two percent. January fifty six percent. As Matt LaFleur said, this was a story done by Matt Schneidman in December. Over the last couple of years, he's been pretty effective later in the season. And I think that's what we were kind of hoping, expecting to see from a guy like when A.J. Dillon first came in. He's a big, bruising running back, right? It's those cold-weather games when you can deploy him. Nobody wants to tackle a big, bruising running back in cold weather. It just felt like that. I get visions of Brandon Jacobs with the Giants at Lambeau Field in that NFC Championship game. So I would be okay. I would be okay. Perfectly fine. If A.J. Dillon was back, they bring him back like on a one-year deal. Just to provide a little bit more depth out there. I think he is a running back that can't be a number one. In this style of offense, in the style of offense that the Packers want to run, I don't think he is a number one style. I mean, kind of Tennessee, you know, when, what they did with Derrick Henry, a power running game, maybe he can be that way in, that's, in that situation. I think at best he's a number two. 
when they want to like kind of grind it out, get some tough yards, that sort of stuff. He took a dip a little bit in the passing game, which was disappointing to see. I mean, second year we saw some flashes of him, like, oh wow, that that he's really developing as a receiver. Like to see him get back to that though too. But would I commit long term to him? Would I commit a lot of money to him? Not at this point in time. I just can't do it. But as a reserve role running back, I would have no problem bringing him back like on a one-year deal and such. And then that brings in, how about third? How about number three? I think Green Bay... Has to, you know, I know there was some talk, some excitement about Emmanuel Wilson, and, you know, he missed some time because of injury, and he had a good preseason and such. But if it were me, number three has to be a guy coming from the draft. It's got to be maybe your potential running back whenever AJ, or excuse me, whenever Aaron Jones goes and calls it a career, or maybe he's finishing his career with a different team or whatever. Whenever Aaron Jones' time is over with in Green Bay, they got to have that next running back ready to go. And I think within an with this style of offense, you've got to find a running back that is similar in play style to Aaron Jones. Scat back, speedster, that sort of thing. I would love. Like there, there's a couple like styles of runners that I think would be awesome to see in this offense. One is like an Isaiah Pacheco type of running back that Kansas City has. You know, he's fast, but he's tough as nails. Or just, you know, speedster running back. Straight up speed, speed, speed. I want one of those running backs with this. And when you look at the draft, it's... I don't know if anybody's really kind of looked at, you know, started to look at position rankings when it comes to draft. Everybody's got their own. And it's going to change when we get to the combine and, and get closer to April and such. But, like, so for, for comparison, CBS Sports... If you look up their prospect rankings and running back, do you know who they got number one? Braylon Allen. They got Braylon Allen ranked as the best running back. 62 overall, number one at running back. But you go to Pro Football Focus, Braylon Allen's not in their top five. Jonathan Brooks from Texas is on there. Trey Benson from Florida State. Blake Corum from Michigan. Bucky Irving from Oregon. So you look at these guys, and I think there's potentially some options in that second, third round that Green Bay could look at and bring him in as a run. And, and the thing is, if he's a third running back, he's going to get snaps. With this style of offense, with how they want to run things, they're going to get snaps. I don't know if Braylon Allen's a guy. I get it. Badger be a great story. But I don't know if that's the style of running back that I would want. Maybe a guy like a Bucky Irving. You bring him in there. I, you know, Jonathan Brooks. You know, Bucky Irving, by the way, kind of a similar built to, to Aaron Jones, a little bit five ten, buck ninety five. Jonathan Brooks from from Texas would be somebody I would kind of look at as as well. Got a lot of wiggle. And he's got that prototypical size, six foot, about 200. 
had some success in the receiving department too. You can utilize him. And I think that's a key for whoever they draft at running back is can the guy be somebody that you utilize in the passing game? Another example of that, Blake Corum, he's a little bit smaller. He's 5'8", but he's kind of got like, you know, Mighty Mouse to him. He's about 210, 215, depending on who or where you're, you're, you're looking at. So they've got options that I think they could target day two. Day two in this draft. And I do feel like running back, maybe not first round, but the fact that Green Bay owns a few picks in the top 100. You know, they've got their own. They've got the Jets' second rounder. They've got the Buffalo Bills' third rounder. They've got some capital within those 100, top 100 picks that I think they should use one of those picks to get a running back in. And for me, the style of running back I want is similar to Aaron Jones. Not another A.J. Dillon style, not another big bruising back, but a guy that kind of a scat back, has some speed, puts his foot in the ground, hits that hole right away. Because there's a difference, right? When we see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, when they stick that foot in the ground and that, that instant cut speed, there's a difference. I want that quick guy. I want that guy. I want a guy that's going to be effective in the passing game too. That's the style of running back that I want Green Bay to get in the draft. And I think that third running back's got to be somebody drafted within the first top 100. I say top 100 because of their picks, the amount of picks they have in the top 100. But a but a speedster, scat back type of runner. But somebody too, like if you could find a, pro, a, a another Aaron Jones type, I mean, that guy, what a tough man. Gosh, I love Aaron Jones. We can just clone him and keep having him in there. Boy, I would love that. So that's what I would do for for the running backs. Just my opinion. Aaron Jones, bring him back next year. If you want to give him an extension, maybe to lower out that that cap hit a little bit, keep him around for a couple more years, I think he's still got something left in the tank. Bring back A.J. Dillon for a year, I've got no problem with that. But you got to have an eye to the future. But also, I think you know, not only just having an eye to the future with your with your running rookie running back, get him involved in the offense, utilize him. I think with this style of offense, with what Matt Lafleur can do and how he develops stuff and and comes up with packages, you can utilize a rookie running back right away. Just because he's a rookie, you don't have to sit him. AJ Dillon did that his rookie year when he was behind Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Remember the Tennessee game was the AJ Dillon game. So you could still utilize him. And if you've got a flashy, electric rookie running back, put him in certain packages. And I think with this style of offense, you can do that. We've seen that. 49ers did it before they had Christian McCaffrey. Miami's doing it right now. Or they did do it now. You can get them on the field. It's that time of year where we may be stuck indoors for a bit, so you need to make sure your pantries, fridge, and freezers are fully stocked. How do you do that while also saving some money? Easy. Just shop at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Whether it's stocking the pantry with soups or dried goods, or loading up the deep freezer with pizzas and frozen foods, Hy-Vee has the best selection to help keep you stocked during the winter months. And with their Hy-Vee perks, you'll save money at the register and the gas pump. Stock up on your favorite grocery items and save money with Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. 
Winter is here in the Chippewa Valley, which means it's even more important to make sure you have a good vehicle to hit the winter roads of Wisconsin. Need that vehicle for this winter season? Look no further than Toys and Ford in Chippewa Falls. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV from their new or used inventory, Toys and Ford has the vehicle you're looking for. Making sure you have a good, proper working vehicle is incredibly important this winter season, and Toys and Ford knows that. Just give them a visit today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard and visit toysandford.com. All right, we are back catching up with our good buddy, Mr. Joe Grabowski, owner of Cabin Coffee, also former Badger, offensive lineman. How's it going, man? It's going well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, We got a new flavor of the month we're going to be talking about coming up here pretty soon. Yep. Can't believe it's already February, but uh, here we are at at this point in time. So, Kind of the downtime right now for, yeah. for college football uh, going out there. I know the NFL, you got your postseason stuff mm-hmm. running around and such. But what was it, you know, I know we've kind of touched on it here and there uh, during your playing. It really wasn't a whole lot of downtime after a bowl game, was it? I mean, maybe a few days and then you're back to training yeah. pretty much, it seems uh, like. As soon as we got back from uh, when we were gone all the time over Christmas and then when we got back after break, uh, it was as fast as as they pushed us as hard as they could right off the bat. They set the tone for the year mm-hmm. right there. There was no downtime. I mean, weight room workouts just right, killing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. To kind of feed off that, and I, I think, and I apologize, uh, uh gentleman's name is Ben, but uh, Ben wanted to know if you uh, participated in another sport to help you better prepare for uh, to play football. I'm assuming he's probably talking maybe uh, high school mm-hmm. uh, over there. And I know we've mentioned before like track guys like michael bennett you know did yep. track and and for for the university but was that something that you maybe did at the, at the high school level yeah uh so i played basketball until i was uh in ninth grade um and then i also threw shot and disc into track and field so uh yeah i think i i don't i feel my opinion is you should be in as many sports as you possibly can because i think it helps you all around um when I was in the shot and disc, obviously, you know, uh, I was still able to work out, kept my feet light, and still maintained discipline. Um, so it just coincided with mm-hmm. with playing football. Mm-hmm. Plus, my uh, my shot and disc coach was the defensive line coach, and so football was still affiliated with it. Right. You know, so yep. the workouts were geared towards power and explosion, running hills, running stadium steps, and then also obviously shot mm-hmm. and disc. So. Was there anything, whether it was for, for Wisconsin or anything like that, like practice or, or workout where maybe guys participate that you know of in different sports, or did you utilize different elements for, from different sports? Because once in a while you hear, you know, I hear a lot for, for football, he was a wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the flexibility, you know, yeah. part of that. Was that something that was incorporated, whether in workouts or, or anything like that, that you can remember? Not really in workouts, um, but you always knew, knew the guys who played, who, who were wrestlers, uh, because... Different animal. Mm-hmm. Played low, mm-hmm. strong, tough. Didn't mind being like it, 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 you could always tell. Um, we had a couple of guys there on uh, Wisconsin that were also throwing shot and disc on the track team. So, and we had sprinters that are, some of our some of our wide receivers were also participating in track and field. So, you always knew the guys won because it, it makes you an all around better athlete. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, you, as far as like for even for me for high school, the shot and disc, we did the spin for the shot. So that kept me. Mobile kept me light on my feet. The workouts were geared towards power and explosion, which is coincides with football and playing offensive lines. So. Mm-hmm. Now, I just thought of this question because, well, we're recording this, and 
um, you know, Packers fired their defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Barry. And, yep. and one of the things that you kept hearing from players, players apparently really liked him and, and all that. And I know you probably didn't go through this, but as a player, let's say you had a coach, position coach, coordinator, whatever it may be, you really liked, mm-hmm. and, and he was a player's coach. But let's say he just wasn't successful and, and he was let go. Mm-hmm. Would you as a player take that personal, like in an, an aspect, like we didn't do our job good enough for him, or is there so many different variables with it, like maybe it's you didn't agree with the scheme or, right. or something like that. Do you think players kind of you know take that a personal, a little bit more personal at, at times? I think they do. If you like a coach, mm-hmm. um, and, <clears throat> and uh, he's a really good coach, and I mean, you see him every day. He becomes part of your college experience, part of your life, because you're constantly in contact with him, and you like the guy. Yeah, um, if he gets canned, do you take it personal as a player? Like, yeah, maybe we didn't hold up our end of the deal. You feel bad, but I guess on the flip side of that, if the guy's a prick, right, eh. right, <laughs> works both ways. That works yeah. both ways. Yep. You know, um, I don't think I would have followed uh, Mike, offensive line coach, if he would have like. Uh, you know, changed jobs or or left. I don't think I would have pursued mm-hmm. him. I would have stayed where I was. But, uh, you know, and it's hard, too, because all the lessons you've learned in, in college football, playing, you know, with this coach, what he expectations are, et cetera, and now you get a new guy in there. And if you're changing blocking schemes and you're changing offense and you're changing, uh, you know, techniques, it's there is that. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to adjust and get into the rhythm. That's what I was going to ask you next too. Like, and again, I, I don't think you experienced coaching changes nope. when, when you were there. So, but I got to imagine, like, you know, because a lot of these coaches, even for the Badgers, they're switching up. They're bringing in new guys, mm-hmm. new coaches, and that right. the the instant turnaround. Like, maybe it is a different scheme. Do you got to learn? You know, does that set a team back? Do you think a little bit because they have to get used to a new coach and maybe a different philosophy? I think it bit. does a little bit, but at the same token, um, a new offensive line coach is not going to change the overall dynamics. Um, again, as a player, you're looking to get things from him in his expertise that maybe was not ad- addressed before. Maybe he's seeing things. So you take the positives and the negatives, um, and at that level, especially Division One, the guys they're bringing in are pretty pretty qualified. You're not getting a lot of underqualified guys at that level to come in and coach mm-hmm. they have a reputation they have a coaching you know platform that they've performed on uh, you know their record the coaches kind of know what they're getting and again it's part of the team so you're not going to put somebody in there that's underqualified uh, maybe you have different opinions different personalities uh, maybe one coach really stressed this and to this new coach that's not as important but this is more important so again you learn how to to play under that certain coach and mm-hmm. what the expectations are. Very similar to if you have a job or a foreman or a, a, you know a supervisor and that guy leaves or girl leaves and now you have to adjust to the new expectations, what the emphasis is on and where their mindset is and they're there to teach you. So... It's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, like, we've talked about your recruiting uh, process, you know, and how Barry got you and mm-hmm. or talked to you and, and recruited you and such. Because in this day and age, you hear a lot about facilities, you mm-hmm. know, locker rooms or, you know, the stadiums and such. Do you think that would have been a big factor for you, or was that a big factor for you? Were you, just, you know, because from just talking with you, it's like Wisconsin was your number one choice and, yep. and you got it and, and mm-hmm. that's where you went. 
if it wasn't, if you were maybe a little bit more open, would facilities have been uh, something you would have looked at maybe on, on your recruiting trip? Or did that not really matter that mo- that much to you? I was so impressed with Wisconsin. And now looking back when I was there, like just an example, I walk into the locker room and in the locker room they had three like leather couches and they had like two TVs hanging from the from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is big time. <laughs> like this is big time. Mm-hmm. The stadium did not have sky boxes. It, the press box was the only thing up there. And you walk out there, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know. And, and now, like, back then it wasn't. Yeah. But to, in my world, that was huge. Mm-hmm. You Back then, Oregon had this state-of-the-art, you know, locker room and all that stuff. So is it kind of cool? Yes. Um, but the the stadium that we played in, the locker room, Kind of had that blue collar mentality, which is kind of mm-hmm. fit into the repertoire of Wisconsin. It really did. Mm-hmm. Um, we just I just toured the locker rooms here in 2019 when I went back for a reunion, and uh, wow, yeah, how things have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, so what they got like their own helmet air conditioners or something like that for some just, of these teams. The lockers look futuristic. There's mm-hmm. like these these anti gravity pods things <laughs> like if you have a headache you can lay in these it's unbelievable there's a barber chair like uh, it is uh, unbelievable and i think you have to almost evolve as a university or people aren't going to come mm-hmm. i mean if you look at some of the big schools like the alabamas and the in you know, oregon's and in 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 michigan's they have all the toys mm-hmm. so now they're good schools too. Right. If you're going to go, like, okay, well, which one's going to be better for me? You have to, you have to change with the times. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't go back to the old school ways because they just don't work. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know why I thought of this, but I'm going to ask this to you. So, offensive linemen, we've always heard are kind of a goofy bunch when yeah. they're together. Um, I've heard some of your, you know, back and forth there too. Did you guys hang out, or what would be another position group? that would be comparable to, to you guys? Or was there a position group that you guys always kind of hung out with or, or, or anything like that? Defensive line, I mean, because you go, you go against each other. They were always in the fold, too. Uh, those are probably the people we hung around with most. But, again, it was such a family. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, it's so hard to, like, put this into words. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of separation. Like, we hung out. If there was, like, a house party or something, the team would show up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what position you were, but uh, defensive linemen for sure. Linebackers are always kind of a different breed too. So yeah, yeah. But Kickers or anything like that. Did you guys uh, hang on? I, I, I think we had a kicker. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we did, and he was cool. He was a good guy, so we enjoyed hanging out with him too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly the offense and the defensive line. Tight ends too. They're kind of a pseudo offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But yeah, so. Yeah. Was it, you know, difficult? I mean, were, were tight ends involved in, like, a lot of your practices with, with offensive line or anything because they had to be, yeah. you know, involved in that too? Yeah, they were folded in uh, mm-hmm. with us, especially on blocking schemes and stuff like that and, you know, on, on the individual. Um, but, yeah, so they were basically a glorified lineman mm-hmm. that could uh, catch the ball occasionally. So. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a good offensive line story without uh, offending anybody? A good offensive lineman story. You talking about on the field or off the field? Off the field. Let's get dirty. <laughs> hmm. Trying to think of what comes to my what, what what comes to mind. Um. I can. And this isn't even an offensive line, but uh, at our house was basically all offensive line that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And when I moved in there, um, and this has nothing to do with a dirty story. This is why I'm scared of bats. Actually, I'm terrified of 
of bats, like flying little rodents with yeah. wings. <clears throat> um, I moved into the house, and uh, it was it was in the evening hours. It was later, and, and it, it was dark. And uh, my buddy Bill's like, "Hey, I'm not going to be here tonight. Why don't you just crash in my room and set your room your room up tomorrow? Like, don't worry about it. Like, no no big deal." So, um, sure enough, I that's fine. It's about midnight now. I it's hot because. It's summer and it's no air conditioning in mm-hmm. this old house. Kind of like what it feels like right now in this yeah, studio. Yeah, a little bit, bit, yeah. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <clears throat> um, but then, uh, so I'm laying in bed. He had a TV and a fan on, and I'm just sleeping in a pair of, like, red mesh Wisconsin shorts because it's hot. Yeah. Um, turn off the TV, kind of, like, snuggling in my bed and getting ready to go and get that feeling something's in the room with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I kind of peeked my eye open, and the shades were open a little bit in the full moon, and I'm like, huh, see something circle in the room. I'm like, that's a really big moth. <laughs> and it didn't phase me because it was a moth, and I didn't really care at that point in time. Um, and then as I'm starting to drift to sleep, uh, something slaps me on my leg mm. and starts crawling up the inside of my shorts. And, of course, you know, I like you you woken up abruptly, and you're sweeping it away, and I yep. turn the lamp on, and there's a bat that is sitting on the bed next to me. He looks up at me, hisses, and it starts to flop around. And uh, it uh, drops down off the uh, mattress and now gets air, and it has me pinned against the wall with a pillow, and I am screaming <laughs> like a girl. Um, and then I wake up the house, and then uh, another offensive lineman comes in there to see what's going on, like what is attacking me. Um, and then he sees the bat, and then we are both on the bed screaming, pinned against the wall. Uh, and then a third one joins in and realizes that this is a problem. And then I think, I forget if we had a friend over or just a small little dude walks in, looks at us, almost in disgust and, and, and embarrassment for us. And then it just basically swats the bat out of the air with his hand. Uh, looks at us. He killed the bat. Looks at us. Shakes his head and just walks away. And doesn't say a word. So, that was, <laughs> so there you go. That's my. Um, to this day, I'm. I'm not. I'm not, not a fan of bats. Uh, they crawled up inside of my shorts, and uh, I found that as a violation, and yeah. I, I still hold that grudge. I can just kind of like imagine the skin of that bat <laughs> against your skin, and all just that. Just crawled up the inside of my God, shorts. That's. And I'm not wearing drawers. I'm just wearing mesh shorts. Yeah. It's hot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're it's it's definitely going north, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, one of the uh, stories that still get brought up, and how uh, these uh, three three hundred pound ginormous men are pinned against a wall on a mattress, holding pillows over their heads, screaming because there's a terrifying bat that is circling around the room. Oh my so, goodness! Yeah. No, thank you. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> good with that, man. So, uh, all right. So, well, before I get to the uh, to the flavor of the month here i want to give a quick shout out to uh his name is chris because he sent me a photo on facebook hmm. uh the other day it looks like him and his wife at cabin coffee really? with uh with a message with a message uh and says um uh, uh, great coffee great sandwich and it's him and his or daughter it looks like mm-hmm. him and his daughter i apologize Yep, having a sandwich and coffee at right. cabin coffee As a, i thought it was great he reached out to me oh also. did he reach out yeah, to you okay uh, phenomenal uh you know Owning a business, you know, you you strive to be as good as you possibly can be, and sometimes you don't hit the mark. You know, sometimes there's an error, like you hand out the wrong stuff, like you know, and and, and obviously you try to be as good as possible. And it, it's super easy to be a keyboard warrior, like oh, like, yep. this is the worst place in the world, like blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reached out to me uh, personally and said, you know, he was really impressed, heard, uh, heard about me on, on your show. 
uh, came in to see what all the hype was about, and uh, really just a nice message that I passed along to my uh, to my employees, like you know, kind of an attaboy, and those mm-hmm. go a long way. They really absolutely. Do, so. so shout out Chris, and uh, uh, looks like your daughter over there too. Very so, cool. Yeah, absolutely. New month, February. It is month of love. Month, month. The month of love. <laughs> uh, what do we have for the new flavor? It is for? the Melt My Heart Mocha. Uh, so it's the dark chocolate and strawberry. Got it in the frappy. You can get it hot, iced, or blended. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here's the deal: if if you like somebody, if you love them, why not melt their heart with a Melt My Heart Mocha? You are in marketing, aren't hey, you? I, I you know what? This is not just a pretty face. Yep. That's I've a, awesome. I have, a voice, I have a face for radio, and I'm well aware. <laughs> uh, and especially with the warmer weather here, too, that's probably a good idea to get it, you know, iced or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, blended or, or hot if you still like it Absolutely. that way, too. So getting kind of a weird winter weather this year for, for Scotty, but I'm not going to complain too much. And just remember, so. too, if you can't find that gift, uh, coffee, uh, coffee mugs, mm-hmm. and then we have gift cards are always a great idea for the person that you love or like or just have to buy them something because... Well, that's what you're supposed to do. Yep. I think, you, I, think I know exactly what you're <laughs> referring to yep, there. We so. can just uh, make it easy for you and stop on by, and we'll get some nice gift cards for you. Absolutely. Who doesn't like uh, some good coffee there? So I, so I know that's what I want, too. <laughs> so, Well, dude, appreciate uh, you popping in here yep. uh, this morning. Uh, stay, uh, I guess, cool now? Uh, yeah. Kind of. Uh, I'm here, enjoying so. the weather. 34 degrees when I came in here today, and like, yeah. wow, and it's like 90 degrees in here. So yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I was going to wear my uh, tropic shirt, but I thought, eh, you know, we'll just keep that. Just thanks for not <laughs> dressing up like you did for for the bat story there too. So. Uh, Joe, appreciate it, buddy, and uh, we'll chat with you again soon. Okay, have a good one. Thanks.